Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Curious Neuron Podcast. My name is Sydney Huffington, and I am your host. Today, we are trying out something new. I have some parents along with us, and I have Amira Allen, who's a researcher and a professor in the States. She will introduce herself very shortly. But before we begin, thank you to the Tannenbaum Open Science Institute for supporting the Curious Neuron Podcast. I'm very grateful for your support. And if you have been listening to the podcast, please take a moment to rate it and review it and send me an email at info at curiousneuron.com. So today we are talking about paid leave and parental paid leave. Uh, Amira, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Cindy. This is really exciting. Any opportunity I get to talk about family um, Mm. and paid leave is just always exciting for me. It's been a passion of mine since basically undergrad, um, which wasn't too long ago still, but (laughs) still a huge passion of mine. I'm really passionate about this topic. So thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure. I I just want to tell everyone how I came up with or I you know saw your research um I was reading your thesis and I love what you said to me last <laughs> last week when we were chatting you said thanks for reading my my thesis because I know we put it out there we, we spend years on you know putting this together and uh, assembling it and then we're like I hope somebody reads it besides my parents <laughs> I, went, I went through it and loved it um that's we had to chat before this recording because you touched on so many topics that impact the workplace and family environment and how work and family, you know, um, can add some stress and not. And and that's what we want to talk about today. But today we're going to focus on the paid leave part. Um, I'd love to get to know, I'd love everyone to get to know a little bit more about the research you did and, and what you discovered, I guess, some key findings with regards to paid leave. Um, Sure. Um, So my thesis looked at how um, gender, gender ideology and education impacts uh, people's support for paid leave. Um, and just to sum it up really quickly, um, people, uh, and this was done in um, America, so it was looking at Americans um, and their um, support for paid leave. Um, and majority of the sample does support having some type of paid leave for parents, which is a good thing. And even like um, non-research articles find this too, um, like the Pew Research does work on this and find that generally Americans do support having paid leave. However, we don't have a formally mandated mm-hmm national paid leave. Some states have paid leave, but not all 50 states have paid leave in the United States. And so for me, I just feel as though the only form of like leave that we have is unpaid and it's the Family Medical Leave Act that has been enacted since 1993. So for 29 years, we have not had something that's, it hasn't changed in 29 years. And that's a lot because parenting is changing in past 29 years. Uh, Working a parent's uh, lifestyle has changed in the past 29 years, but the policies to help working parents have not changed in the past 29 years. And that's why I'm so passionate about this, because why are we not doing more for working parents and just parents in general is just beyond me. So not only has... Yeah. <laughs> not only has all that changed, but the research has advanced, right? In the sense that we know the importance of a parent being home with their child and creating that bond and attachment and nurturing the parent's mental health, which we know through research, when they don't have that, there's an impact on the mental health part. Exactly. Yeah. It's very important for parental well-being, which in turn is important for children's well-being. And also we do see like an increase of dual career families. So both the mother and the father are working, but again, working parents have like so many stressors because the ideal worker norm and the ideal uh, parenting structure are just very conflicting things because as an ideal worker, it emphasizes long work hours and a parent is a 24-7 hour job. 
Um, so it's, you can't be working at your job 24 seven, being a parent 24 seven, something always has to give. And we do see there are these gendered nuances where women are the one that kind of have to take the brunt of either reducing their work hours, um, or going from full-time to part-time in order to help alleviate the work family, uh, pressures. Um, and that in itself has like a lot of negative consequences for working mothers, but also working fathers do have these stressors too, because, in our society, because it's very gendered, it, I, it emphasizes like intensive mothering. Um, so mothers are supposed to spend all this time with their children is very child centered. Um, and the ideal worker norm very emphasizes just men as the breadwinner as well. So it just emphasizes these traditional gender roles in terms of work and family. Um, about a year ago, I had put out an Instagram post and uh, a Google form and asked parents to talk about their their paid leave and parental leave and how this had impacted them. I did it again this week, and Mary and Becca, as well as Andrew, uh, we all got together and like I they they offered to come and share their story. Um, I'd like to start with Becca, Becca and Mary, or Mary, whichever one. But what was your experience with regards to paid leave? Um, and both of you are in the states, right? Yeah. Um, so I have had two kids and so I've had two experiences with leave, same organization, but the first time I had no, um, paid leave aside from what I could save up for my PTO and sick time. Um, and I had worked for the organization for two years. So I was able to save up about six weeks. Um, I ended up taking five and a half. So I had a little bit of bank cause you know, kids get sick and I wanted to have some time. Um, so that was the first time. And so I had not really understood how, like everyone talks about maternity leave and I hadn't, it hadn't occurred to me until I kind of started working. I was like, oh, it's not paid. Um, (laughs) So I joined my uh, organization's benefits team with the goal of really advocating for some sort of paid leave. And so um, luckily my second time around, I was really excited because about two months before I gave birth, my organization announced they were going to provide six weeks of paid leave. So the second time around, I got about 12 weeks between what I had saved and what I had gotten from the organization. So those were kind of my two experiences. Mary, was yours uh, similar? Uh, Well, I was very fortunate in that. I mean, I worked for a very small company. Less, There were less than 10 of us um, on the payroll at the time that I had my son. So, you know, Amira mentioned FMLA. A company less than 50 people, I believe, is not required to honor FMLA. So my boss technically didn't have to give me anything, but he gave me 12 weeks and it was half paid, half unpaid, which I believe, you know, he did a just to be a decent human being, but to be, you know, to be to be competitive and I think to be able to, you know, to attract to attract attract good people, you know, to offer something. And so I was fortunate and that I was able to take the 12 weeks. And you know, my, my husband, by contrast, works for a pretty large, more bureaucratic company. And you know, paternity leave for him was two weeks, which better than nothing, but still, you know, not, not nearly enough. And you know, we, we tried, we, he worked, he took the first full week and then he went back part-time so that he could kind of try to extend a little bit more of the second week. But Still, yeah, there, there's definitely a disparity too between what's offered to the mother and what's offered to the father as well, which um, is a gap. I, you know, I think many of us would like to see close, but yeah, yeah. 
And this is what, you know, I, I only learned about all this um, last year when I asked, you know, people to fill in this form. Andrew and I are both Canadian and my experience was very different. Um, you know, our paid leave is, is uh, well, we paid full paid leave, I think is 27 weeks in, in Canada from what I remember, 20 something weeks, but then we can have up to a year off um, with part of the pay that we're making. My experience, and that might be different from Andrew's, but for me, I was working in university. I was a postdoctoral student at the time when I got pregnant. And only after I applied for my parental leave, I found out that I wasn't applicable for it because my money was coming from an award. So I had to get a second job while doing a postdoc full-time. I had to get a full-time job at a hospital to make up to have enough weeks to get part of that paid leave. <laughs> so, you know, although we do have like... it much better here there are still things that need to be fixed and spoken about you know discussed um but i know that my husband had i think up to five weeks and andrew this was the case this is the case for you right who's a new father here <laughs> yeah uh, yeah two week uh, two yeah. and a half week old little baby boy um mm. yeah so as a father i have the choice um i actually just filled out the paperwork uh, this week um but i had the choice to either take three weeks off at 75 percent of a match salary till a max of 86,000. So they will prorate up to $60,000, uh, you know, prorated weekly for three weeks at 75% or five weeks at 70%. So I took the five week option and I'm lucky enough mm -hmm. to have, work for a company. Uh, and actually my, my wife, same thing. Uh, she works for the government where, um, let's say she for 27 weeks, like you're saying, Cindy, I believe she also gets, let's say 80%, of that salary, but mm -hmm. then the government agency she works for gives her another 18% to come and compensate. And my company comes and actually match a hundred percent, uh, for that time off that I'm taking. And when, when I hear the differences between the countries, I mean, we're, we're neighbors <laughs> and, and I had, I didn't even know that Americans were taking like sick days, not sick days, but your vacation and your, like it, to me, Amira, I, I, in, in terms of different countries or this, you know, what are we seeing? Are, are there correlations between paid leave and mental health and, and new parents or the child's outcomes? Well, it definitely does impact parental well-being. Mm -hmm. um, while I'm not well, well-versed in like parental well-being, that's a new uh, research area that I am getting into. Um, it does take a time because first of all, just being a new parent impacts your well-being. It's mm -hmm. a lot. Um, experiencing pregnancy or, or adoption is a is a exactly. lot. Um, it can be traumatic for some people, and it's a very long. Uh, it's a it's a long process, and definitely does impact your well being mm -hmm. a lot. And then, obviously, if you just have a new child and have to go directly back to work, you can't bond with your child. Mm -hmm. And that's also why, like these policies, should be gender neutral because it allows fathers to spend that time with their children. Um, and that's like why, like the Swedish model is like mm. the example for a paid parental leave. Like parents can get up to 480 days of paid parental leave, which is amazing. And they really wow. do emphasize taking um, like these papa months or daddy months where fathers are required to take time mm. to um, bond with their child, because that does help to promote parental well-being and to promote closeness and attachment with their children, which is very important. Mm -hmm. And also at the same time, it relieves, you know, the stresses associated with new motherhood and for new mothers. So they don't yeah. feel as overwhelmed, like they have to do all of the work. And um, because we do see once a child enters like a relationship, 
gender roles in a marriage tend to go back to very traditional where mothers do most of the childcare and most of the domestic labor, the household labor. Um, So having a paid leave can kind of help renegotiate these kind of gender roles that we do see in uh, marriages and kind of hopefully change marriages and, you know, gender roles uh, to be a little bit more egalitarian. You know, I was I was um, speaking with this researcher who study who studies the brain and the brain changes that happen after we have a child, and it's interesting because there's these studies that are very clear that it's dependent on how much time you spend with your child. So the more time you spend with a newborn, whether you're a mom or a dad, you will have certain brain changes that occur that allow you to attach to the child, that allow you to um, build on these social skills to, again, communicate and, and all of that. And they had moms and dads and the dads that spent just amount, just the same amount of t- as, you know, as, as much time with the baby were able to have similar changes to their brain because they need to create that same attachment. Again, it, it just goes back to the fact that the research is out there. <laughs> What's missing? It, you know, I I know there's the, I know it's it's there's a financial piece to this, but what's missing in these countries that are not keeping up with what's beneficial to the the baby and the parents? I think because people emphasize like the economic reasoning behind paid leave, people kind of forget the human aspect of it that we need to be parents need to have time to bond with their their children. Um, and I would say that like this uh, research is becoming increasingly uh, popular and we did experience the pandemic and it was horrible, but that did also open up, uh, you know, increase people's research in looking at paid leave and even flexible work arrangements and how that impacts how parents are spending their time in childcare and looking at parental well-being and parenting stress, I feel like a little bit more because the pandemic really shifted um, how people look at uh, working from home, working at home with kids and just that whole change of dynamic of work and family because the lines between work and family were heavily blurred when you're spending all your time home with your family, but also working. So the pandemic kind of opened it up and now we are seeing new research looking at this and saying that we need to do more for working parents. We need to have like the flexible work um, arrangement. Daniel Carlson is a a researcher that does study a lot of like um, these things too, looking at um, the American time use survey to study like how parents uh, are spending their time and looking at like flexible work arrangements and access to paid leave as well. Um, And that's actually what my dissertation was looking at um, Mm. too, like looking at having um, access to paid leave and how that impacts uh, parents' how they spend their time with their children and even just having access does increase, you know, parental time, but there's so many different variables and factors that matter, such as like your age of your children, uh, the gender of the parent. There's a lot, and I can go on and on about that, but I don't want to bore you with all of the little details (laughs) of the research, but it is there that paid leave, even just having access to it, does increase the time that parents spend in the childcare, which is great for their child well-being and great for parental well-being because they feel as though they can spend time with their children, they can bond with their children. And, you know, people have um children because it does provide them with these emotional rewards. And so being able to spend time with their children, you know, does benefit them emotionally, what researchers have found before. I'm curious for um, to hear from Becca and, and Mary with regards to when you did go back to work, is there some sort of flexibility? As Amira was saying, she was looking at like how flexible the workplace could be in terms of, Amira, is it time and, and location? Was it two yes. aspects, right? Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, are they more flexible knowing that you're coming back early or is it still 
you know, you have to be there to, I don't know, you can't miss your days. I would say I've been pretty fortunate in that there is the flexibility, you know, to work from home when I need to. And, hmm. you know, my, my son goes to daycare, at which, I mean, by the way, most reputable daycares in the U.S., the earliest, the youngest they would take a baby is six weeks old. So if you have no paid leave, I'm not sure what you're supposed to do with your baby for the first six weeks. Wow. Um, that's another problem. But, yeah. you know, yeah. being in daycare, it's wonderful in many ways, but it also you know, mm -hmm. does expose him to, you know, he has a cold. My pediatrician warned us, you know, he will have a cold a month for at least the first year and each one will last two to three weeks. <laughs> I was like, oh, Lord. Basically yeah. So I mean, he's he's yeah. sick. A lot. That's just, you know, and she's like, I mean, you can do this now or you can do it when he starts kindergarten, but it's just part of, you know, development. But you know, he's he's sick a lot. And, you know, there are certain rules that require him you know, to stay home when he's sick. And we went through three pretty much back to back COVID quarantines back in January and February of this year where there was an exposure in his room. And so they had to shut the room down and we had to keep him home for you know, five to 10 days each time. And if I hadn't had the flexibility to, you know, work from home and like, okay, I'll do what I can while he's taking a nap. And then I could log in after he'd gone to bed for the night and get a couple of hours done. And at the time, my husband was working from home as well, but depending on what project he's working on depends on whether or not he can work from home. Most of the time he has to physically go into the office. So, it creates a real issue if you don't have the ability to have that flexibility to work from home and try to, you know, work around, you know, say having a, a child home that's ill or you know, dealing with, with quarantine and so on. So I definitely feel f fortunate that that's an option for me. Uh, but yeah. it's, it's, I mean, it's still, even with that option, it definitely makes things difficult, you know, when you, when you're, childcare option is is not available and you're trying to get your job done and your parenting job done in the same day because well, yeah, you can't really tell them to play for no he's hours. way too young for that <laughs> exactly just, yeah he yeah, needs exactly. to be supervised when they're yeah. so young you they mm -hmm. need your attention um mary was this something similar that you experienced in terms of flexibility uh, becca sorry uh, yeah so with my first i was still working uh in a position where i needed to be in a building doing my job um and mm -hmm. so i did you know, it was one of those things where if I needed to, I could say I have to take a sick day and they'd be like, fine. But um, I didn't have a lot of autonomy over my schedule. And so it did make things a lot harder juggling all of those needs. And, oh, I have to be here at 8 a.m. this morning. But next, do you know, the next day I have to be in at 9 and I have to work till 5 versus 6. And that was definitely a big stress going back. Um, having a kid in daycare and, you know, daycares close at a certain time and you have to be there at a certain time. And um, just working with a job to to figure all that out was tricky. Um, I will say this second time around, um, my daughter was born in April of 2020. So uh, a lot changed in between those two. And so my job now is more hybrid and way more flexible. And just the autonomy has made such a difference in going back and being able to juggle all those things. So um, yeah, that's been. So it seems at least having that flexibility does make a difference once you have the child, but we still need to work on that paid leave part and the, the start of it. Um, yeah. Andrew, I'm going to, I'm going to flip it a bit with you and our conversation, because I know that there are fathers that are listening and have had a conversation before with a dad who said, what's the point of taking all these 
weeks off because if I do get them, because the mom is there and she has a lot to do. But I know um, uh, that you're involved, very involved with your child and your son. And I'd love to hear your part now. I know it's only been two and a half weeks, but if you wouldn't have had that time, what would have been different for you? So <clears throat> a couple things. I It would be difficult for me. Uh, it's funny, like, you know, I'm just trying to put some tummy time in our regular schedule. Uh, <laughs> as I want tummy time, I was reading that it helps cope with the colics later on when he's screaming for 30 minutes and I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but it, it definitely helps. I mean, I'm kind of saying in retrospect right now, I guess, create that bond with the child. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard not to, to bite his cheeks. Uh, but it's also actually <laughs> enabled and allowed me to be there for my partner, for my wife. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, it's, I'm, I'm hearing you all speak and I have so much respect for you for having lived what you've done. And, you know, I work for an international company and have colleagues in the U.S. Um, and I really scratch my head to know how you all do it uh, between the financial stresses that you have and thinking I need to go back to work as quickly as possible because there are bills to pay um, and then juggling, you know, everything in between. Uh, but my wife has said, you know, if, if she were alone, she wouldn't be able to do it. Um, and you know, if I think that for in the U S if men are told, you know, are expected to only take a week off, well, then that definitely plays into those gender stereotypes where, you know, I, as the man, I have to go make the bread because I don't have enough leave to be involved. And then it's expected that the woman is, is taking more. So at least in our house, it's been able to share those responsibilities. Uh, you know, I, I do what I can. I'm the designator, the diaper changer. Uh, even <laughs> late at night. Um, but it's definitely helped us be kind of a team together and enjoy the experience. Um, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, I think and this is our first child. If we didn't have the leave we have and kind of the security, I think it would uh, make us question whether or not, you know, how, how big of a family do we want? You know, because of the, the, the situation we're in, we feel already comfortable in discussing, okay, we know we're going to want a second one, maybe a third one. Uh, because this has been not an easy experience, but a beautiful experience. And, uh, you know, going into this, I know a lot of people have said, oh, you know, see, it's the most difficult job you've ever had. Uh, everybody's underestimated how difficult this is. Um, you know, it's, it's, I'm grateful to be in a, a even a province, Quebec specifically, that, uh, that supports us, you know, to, to take these, these leaves and enjoy the experience. Um, and I, again, I, I don't know how you do it in the U.S. And I, I actually speak about this conversation mm-hmm. with my colleagues sometimes. What I do know, what I've heard is there's certain companies, especially in the tech industry, where they're making this paid leave and uh, specifically maternal leave, uh, like part of their employee value proposition. So I used to work for a company uh, in, in the software space uh, where they were very big on diversity and inclusion and really made it a point to have uh, inclusive work programs that didn't hinder the career advancement of women because of maternal leave and actually encourage them to take mm. six months. Uh, and actually even there's, there's some men who ended up taking, you know, three to six months and their careers didn't get impacted. So I know that the companies. That's another sense, part, yeah. right? Yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking of those early weeks that I experienced myself. I don't know if this was similar to you, uh, Becca and Mary, but I, I had a lot of anxiety, a lot. Um, and in retrospect, like, I think I should have asked for help with my anxiety, but I wasn't aware in that moment, even though I educate about it and I've studied mental health, when you're in it, it's completely different. And having for, for myself as well, my partner was home, my husband was home for three weeks. 
allowed me to express part of the anxiety that some of it I didn't understand at that moment, you know, just staring at your baby who's sleeping and, and not sleeping yourself. Like I can't even imagine how it is when you have to have the stress of the finances at that moment or the stress of having to go back. Um, Amira, I'm, I'm curious to know, like with the research you've done now and the work you're doing, what are the main, what are the major gaps in, in this kind of literature and what should we, what sort of conversation should we be having a lot more in our society? Well, for one, definitely um, looking at fathers and paternity leave, because when we do look at paid leave, it's always framed as maternity leave. And I feel like Andrew brought up a little, a little, sorry, a lot of good points, <laughs> not a little, it's very, it's a lot, um, mm. um, because we do see that paid leave for fathers helps promote gender equality in the workplace and also in the family, um, because, you know, it shortens leaves for mothers, Um Therefore, it can like help increase job tenure and potentially wage growth for women. So we need to include fathers in the uh, conversation. Like I remember in my one class when we were studying policies and looking at how Sweden kind of phrased their whole paternity leave by having a Swedish wrestler pose with his baby to kind of tie paid leave and paternity leave with like this idea of masculinity so that it can increase fathers taking time off and I feel like that's so awesome I'm like should we just have you know Dwayne the Rock Johnson um <laughs> with his kids so that we can say like yeah it's a manly thing to do um so I think we really need to include like definitely looking at fathers and framing it like how can fathers be more involved and not have it just be an issue for mothers um because mothers are the ones who really experience more stressors trying to manage work and family and when I did my dissertation looking at having access to paid leave it was positively related to a father's child care time um especially like increased time in like basic care and educational activities with their young children so like you know preschool age children mm. um but it was uh for mother's time it was positively related, but the findings were not significant because mothers already typically are the ones who are spending more time in childcare. So just seeing that like it mattered more for fathers and mothers just having access to paid leave. So I think really framing it and like including fathers in the research, in the conversations for like the public and general knowledge, including fathers. And then also we have to include single parents as well. I think yeah. that's very, very important because they can definitely benefit from this because at least like if you are in a, uh, you know, a married couple or a cohabiting couple, like you're in a couple, if someone has to take time off from work, at least it might be someone else to take care of the child. Mm -hmm. But for a single parent, um, it's just them. Mm -hmm. You know, some people are lucky and they have like extended family members or great friends that can help. But if they had a paid leave policy where they can take time off from work and focus on their child or their children, that would greatly help them. Um, especially for a single mothers who we do see them have like a huge uh, impact in their wages. So they have to, you know, rely on like welfare or something in order to make it by just to take care of their children. So having that, I think, uh, including uh, fathers and single uh, parents will be like really great for our research um, to really look at how paid leave does impact them and their well-being and, you know, how they spend their time with their children or even just like their leisure time as well. Mm -hmm. 
I remember in this uh, the the Google form that these parents filled out. It seemed to be I had asked like, what is your wish list, or, or what would what would you hope um, you know to see in changes with regard with regards to paid leave? And everybody said like at least six months. Is this something you would also wish for, both um, Becky and and Mary? Is six months sort of like a I know it's better than than anything, but do you feel that by that that time things were different as a new parent and and in terms of taking care of your child? Some <laughs> nods with both yeah. from both of you for those of you who are just listening. <laughs> I I I think absolutely more time as the norm would be key, but you know, to echo a lot of what Amira has been saying, mm. I think a a huge thing would be if it wasn't just six months for mom, but if it was more normalized that dads could take time too, and, you know, or three months, three months each or something so that there could be a little bit more equitability and that it was normalized that dads might want to spend more than two weeks with their newborn baby too, before they Mm -hmm. go back to work. And um, I think that would, you know, it would be great to, to see, Mm more you know more acceptance of just paid leave for whatever it is you need to deal with you know and not just because yeah. you're a mom who gave birth but yeah yeah the uh, so in Quebec uh if if the wife who has let's say up to 52 weeks with different payout ratios gives I believe three weeks to the husband so let's say my max is five weeks if I were to take eight weeks from the three weeks she gives me she gets an extra two free weeks. But she sacrifices really? one I week, I believe, in total. Hmm. And and the math is a bit off. I don't know if it's five to three, but basically the, if, sure. if the father takes more time out of that shareable thing, because as you're saying, Mary, there is a part of uh, the, the paternal leave in, uh, in Quebec and Canada that's shareable between the parents. And if the father takes more, at least eight weeks total, then like the group gets an extra two free weeks. So to encourage kind of that additional time that uh, the father's taking. And all of this applies here in Canada, I think, to whether you adopted, gave birth, right? It's, it's, I think I was looking at it before, but it seems to be that it's similar when you adopt. So I have a client Um, um, who, uh, they're two male partners and uh, they, they, long story short, you know, have uh, twins through in vitro. They went through a whole process. And uh, they managed to each take a year off. And for the first year, one father had uh, his parental benefit leave that he took fully. And then for same-sex couples, there's like a benefit in Canada that I believe in. The second Mm -hmm. father on the second year took his. So for two years, there was someone at home at different times. So uh, yeah, they do have different benefits. Which could probably be an entire podcast on its own, right, Amira? (laughs) Oh my gosh, yeah, that's another yeah. Where, uh, area where those research is lacking, not just yeah. in paleo, but like a family literature overall. Thank you. Like yeah. there's not as much literature looking at like same sex couples. Mm. There is some, and we're seeing that increasingly, but looking at like queer couples, mm. just the sample that sizes are always just too small for people to look at it. And it's just like, how about them? Because obviously the gender dynamics in terms of like work and family roles are different Mm -hmm. from, you know, those who are in different sex couples. And so that's also something that's really important. Like, how do you renegotiate the uh, gender, you know, the gender roles of a a marriage, of a relationship, of childcare and everything like that, if the partners are both of the same uh, gender? So that's like the question that asks and goes into like the whole social construction of gender Mm -hmm. and these gender 
norms that we do see within work and family. Yeah. That study, by the way, that I mentioned before that looked at moms, dads, they also looked at same sex and they also had similar brain changes. So it was time, it was dependent on how much time you spend with your newborn. Um, it, it just applies all around, um, whether you adopted, just being with that newborn. Um, I was looking at some studies re- uh, just before we jumped on a call and, and I don't know if it's still this way. It, it was a 2021 study, um, but California and New Jersey that have the paid leave, they looked at parents in both those states versus parents who were not. Um, and it, the psychological stress on the parents with paid leave is a lot less. So again, I think that the conversation is always the same in terms of that stress um, and that ability to bond. I think there were studies as well that look at the child's ability, you know, their stress and their well-being. And like you said, Amira, it's just all around in terms of like the child and the parent. If a parent is listening to this, I, I hope that they felt seen and I hope there are fathers out there who realize the importance of their own paid leave as well. Um, but Amira, what is your, what are your hopes, I guess, that once we have this conversation out there um do we have to start pushing hard i mean in the states i'm sure you guys are but what what needs to happen how do we how do we move forward with this knowing all this research how do we get things going on on your side of this (laughs) this uh (laughs) (laughs) that is a difficult question Mm. because like i mentioned earlier it's been 29 years of no huge changes 29 years Um, is so long I mean, well, I will say on the positive note, increasingly we are seeing a few more states have some type of a paid leave uh, policy. So that is a good thing. So we are increasingly kind of seeing it. So, you know, you mentioned California, Rhode Island. Um, I believe New York has, or at least some parts of New York, I think at least New York City does have some type of uh, paid leave for their parents. So increasingly we are seeing, but it is one getting this information out there to the public because for one, like, you know, as a researcher having this information, you know, what good does it do me? Like I like for me personally, I'm just like, you know, getting a publication or anything like that is not that important. If parents still don't have a paid leave to me, like I feel as though like, that's why I'm so passionate about this because I feel as though my research and my findings can really inform some type of policy policy change here in the States because we do need that. I feel as though just framing it in different ways. Um, I feel as though, again, people, I think also just changing the ideal worker norm as well can help us change like paid leave because if we no longer have this emphasis of like working long hours and always being a present employee 24 seven, um, changing that ideal work and norm and even changing like the idea of parenting but have this intensive uh you know parenting where it has to be always child-centered because then you know if it is always child-centered we see like you know parents don't have time for themselves or for yeah. their partners so yeah. we just have to really change our norms of what it means to be an ideal worker what it means to be an ideal parent because this looks different for everyone not everyone's going to be in the same situation um And again, just like, you know, getting this information out to the public, hearing from parents how they have benefited from this uh, policy, not here in the States, but in other countries as well. Um, Sorry, not just here in the States, uh, but in other countries as well, because it's just very important to hear how it is beneficial and how parents being able to spend time with their children is beneficial to them. It's beneficial to their children. So we really just have to get this information out Mm -hmm. to everyone uh, hopefully people will listen, um, to like what's being said, like, cause hearing just the statistics is one thing. Cause like I mentioned, my parents 
read my research and they're just like, yeah, I can relate to this. But then they started reading statistics and numbers and just like, I have no idea what any of this means. Um, <laughs> I understood the word parent and that was it. But, um, <laughs> well, that's so, why we have to have these conversations. Take this, yeah. this, the stats and then like apply it to every day. And, and this is why, this is why I wanted parents on this conversation because we all know that if we don't have paid leave and we don't spend time with our child, that we, we feel the stress. We feel like that the impact of that. But now we need to continue having these conversations so that we could hopefully get more, you know, policy changes or workplace policy changes um, because of these conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amira, thank you. I have a quick oh, question. Yeah. Uh, Amira, have you studied how the impact of, of all of this eventually leads to like a financial impact to society, like more mm-hmm. difficult relationships between parents and children, uh, you know, level of education later on, uh, economic contribution taxes like has that ever been looked to till that point downstream um but well, i personally have not looked at it like looking at it across the life course but thank you that's a great idea and <laughs> i'm <up> stealing that <laughs> i will acknowledge you in the paper um, but <laughs> but um to no, my knowledge then longitudinal yeah. 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 Usually is looking at it like one year at a time. Like I haven't seen anything that looked across the life course, but I think that will be amazing to look at just seeing like um, how children fare if they do, you know, the parents have paid leave and were able to spend more time with their children when they were younger and how that could impact child well-being over time. I think doing a longitudinal study would be amazing. Um, I will give you your honorary this PhD ha- for that idea. <laughs> But this highlights the gaps, right? Like we now that we know the the short term impact, we should be looking at long term. I, I think there might have been a study that looked at behavior in children when they're a little bit older. They didn't say any impact. It's not about that. It's really the short term impact for behavior, for mental health. But I wonder if you push it further than that sort of stage where you're looking at behavior, if you do right. see an impact on the child. And I think looking at it longitudinally over time would be great because you're saying like, look, it has all these benefits to children over time, and especially because. Um, children there are a lot of disparities by like uh you know race ethnicity amongst children and so like having paid leave may help uh, in some sense kind of help with these uh gaps like if yeah. like when i mentioned like you know if yeah. parents are able to spend like more time with their children in educational activities yeah. at a younger age maybe that can help with the, like you know uh the educational gap that we see amongst like different racial and ethnic groups mm-hmm. um so maybe there are like some long-term impacts that we're not seeing as yet and definitely we should be studying yeah. Um, and Becca and, and Mary, is there anything else? I mean, it's it's a good point. I'm, I love that you did that, Andrew, because you, you don't we don't get the opportunity to speak to researchers um, all the time. But is there anything you wanted to end off with um, Becky and Mary as well? Or a question or something you'd like to see in research, maybe? <laughs> Amira's taking notes. <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I agree. I think it would be fascinating to look at if there are, if there are long-term benefits. I'm, I'm, I think I've, I, I don't have the citation, but I've heard of at least one study that, that found that sons of mothers that work grow up to have more egalitarian attitudes about things like housework and sharing oh, of gender. Okay. So like, where yeah. there can be some, you know, there can be a benefit to that, but that doesn't say anything about you know, what kind of paid leave did their mom have before, yeah. before that? Yeah. Before that, I think it would be you know very valuable to keep digging into this further. And mm. and I mean, I would note too, you know, as I mentioned, you know, I work at a very small company, and I under I, mean, I do understand it would be yes, probably a really big hardship for my colleagues if say six months off or a year off was the norm, 
And I do, I recognize that, that perhaps it isn't a one size fits all solution. Although I would be curious to hear how that is managed in other, you know, with smaller firms in other countries where it's Mm -hmm. more normalized to have parental leave, you know, what are the protections put in place or how that is managed? And I I think in the U S in particular, a very significantly, a significant percentage of businesses are small businesses that probably don't qualify for things like FMLA. So Perhaps that compounds the problem or it just adds another complexity to it. I don't know about small firms, but I know that here, when I had taken off that time from the job I had at the hospital, um, they hired somebody to replace me for a year. So they had they interview people and they find somebody who's looking for contract work. And I have a one of my sister in laws actually is is taking over one of somebody's mat leave, uh, their their maternity leave. So that's how we do it with big bigger companies. I'm not sure if they do the same in small companies. Um, I mean that's a way to give somebody else a job, mm-hmm. give them you know let them get a, a feel of what that particular job is and they get experience so it's it's a um, good way to do that um and becca before we leave is there anything else you wanted to add to this conversation oh gosh so many things but um <laughs> i could talk do about, it do it all <laughs> i can talk about this so long like i will corner people and talk about it all the time but i think mm. like parenting already can be such an isolating experience um i think especially in the states we're very into individualistic um, and put a lot on ourselves. And I think I would just really encourage folks to look at advocating for this, um, you know, with your representatives, with your businesses, the business, you know, whatever your community is, because it's not just about, even if you're not a parent, it's not just about you doing this for parents makes our whole society better. And good point. um, Yeah parenting is really something like we do need the community to help us and support us. So I think that's just what I would say. (laughs) That's such a good way to end this conversation. Thank you to all of you for joining me on this first podcast episode with both the researcher and parents. Um, For those of you listening, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. You can watch this on YouTube. You can listen on Spotify, iTunes and Apple Music. Thank you to everyone. And I hope we have this conversation again and and things will be different. I hope there are changes in a year from this or two or three. Yeah, not another 29 years. <laughs> no, no, let's not wait 29 years. No. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.